Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Donna Roach, CIO at University of Utah Health. In part two, Roach talks about how she's drawing from her own experience to encourage a healthy work-life balance for her team, why she believes it's critical not to apply a one-size-fits-all approach to digital transformation, and the tremendous opportunity leaders have to improve the patient experience. We'll get to our interview in a moment, but first, a brief word from our sponsor. At CrowdStrike, we stop breaches, and since threat actors often show up with legitimate credentials, stopping them can be tough, especially if your Active Directory hygiene has been less than perfect. But you can secure Active Directory now and clean up later. Find out more about identity protection and AD hardening at CrowdStrike.com healthcare. And I think, too, I had some really great bosses at Ascension and my other organizations and that were very respectful of, you know, your weekend is your weekend. I'm only going to call you if there's a problem. You know, I'm not going to impinge upon your weekend or your evening with your family is your evening with your family. And so I'm really careful anymore. Early on in my career, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I got to answer that email or I got to work on that at night and send that off or... And now I'm a little bit more like, I know what it felt like when I would get an email from somebody higher up in the organization, feeling like I got to answer it right away. It's like, I'm very careful anymore about sending an email or a text, unless it really is a problem. And just, you know, kind of respecting that people need their downtime. I mean, people are giving 110% during the pandemic and people are just tired you need your downtime. And what's great about this area is there's so many outside activities for people to do, like the hiking and got different sports. And then in the wintertime, you got skiing. So people can like get a break from it all. So I think that's yeah. a real positive about this area. Yeah. So it's, uh, it seems like the move has gone well for you so far. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. It's been a, yeah. I enjoy the people here and my staff, my leaders, they're fantastic. They're just a great organization. And in terms of taking on this role, what was it that appealed to you about about this organization or this opportunity? So I like academic environments. I am a learner at heart, and I think um, this is a learning organization. They're very big on, you know, what does the data say? You know, what's the reference or can we look towards what's been published or how can you improve upon that? And academics is smack in the middle of it. Research is smack in the middle of it. Um, I enjoy that part of it. So that to me is key to the organization. I think too, you know, they had done a lot of the heavy lifting of improving upon their electronic health record, having Epic in place, really looking at the portfolio landscape to see, okay, what are some of the core systems? And they pick some really good ones. They've done a great job before my time of improving upon it. And that's fun to be able to walk in because it allows me then to say, we can really accelerate a digital transformation or a digital strategy If you're trying to build out your base, your foundation, that really can deter you in how you move forward. So the fact that they had done a lot of that was great. Jim Turnbull was the CIO prior to here. He had retired and I have great respect for Jim. 
And he yeah. always spoke highly of the University of Utah and it just clicked. It felt like the right place to be. Yeah. And when you talked about early on, really just knowing that digital transformation was going to be a big focus. Is that something that, that you had a fair amount of experience in or as much as anybody has right now? Yeah. You know, I think prior to this, I was at BJC and WashU. They were in the thick of trying to do some of this work. And so learned yeah. quite a bit about their introduction of Agile into the organizations. So it's like, okay, great example. You can really see it happening. Ascension was yeah. very much down that path um, with their design studio kind of structure. So I've been around it quite a bit and I've seen it in action and you can be a good practicer of the art, but you still have to be able to apply it to the culture that's here. So that's, you can't take either place's model and apply it here. You really have to spend time building it out for what makes it work here and how it applies to the culture and just how do you prioritize things with going forward and, and what's going to be the important things that you're going to accelerate on that timeline. Right. Sure. And, and getting to know what the culture is like too. I'm sure that, that that's a big part of it and, you know, what their level is as far as readiness or things like that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was actually, I, Utah hymns, somebody said, well, what's one advice or what do you say to people about what to do in the middle of the pandemic. And it's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of effort has gone into managing through the pandemic and we have pivoted many times into different things that we need to do. And even with NIT, a lot of development and let's create the vaccination process. Let's incorporate it into my chart. Let's incorporate testing, uh, setting up testing centers, a lot of stuff that takes IT to help support it. And people are tired. The thing I would say to people is you have to continue to move towards a strategy, right? right? You're on a major league baseball team and you get to the middle of the season and you know, hey, I'm not going to make it to the playoffs. You know, we're not going to the World Series. That owner or that coach is starting to look at, so how do I, what do I do for next year? Right. They're concerned about this season, right? And I'm concerned about this yeah. season. But I'm looking towards once we get out of all of this, where do we need to be? So it's like you still have to carve out time to work on your strategy and where you need to be around direction and goals. Because if I wait until, you know, everything gets stabilized and we're feeling good, it's like it's too late. It's almost like there's so much buildup and ramp up that you have to be working towards that, even in the midst of kind of this crisis that's going on. And sometimes you just, I may put more on myself or some of my leaders to say, let's carve out some time and work on this so that we can better develop it and communicate it out so that when it does come time to pull the trigger, we're ready rather than kind of scrambling at the, at the last minute. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And I, I imagine that that's something that that's learned over time. Yeah. Just having that type of approach. Yeah. Like I always kind of feel I've always been a project manager to heart, right? So even with my own family, it's kind of like you can timeline things out. It's like, so what's the date we're shooting for? And so what are all the activities <laughs> that get us there? And what's the critical path? And 
I think about where do we want to be at the end of 2022 and where do we want to be at the end of 2023? Like I'm already thinking about that. And, you know, I know it's hard for clinicians who are dealing with ICU capacity and having to turn away patients, but it's like, I need to engage them at certain points. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm only going to use about a half hour of your time. Let's talk through this and then come back to them. So, you know, sometimes the onus falls on me to over communicate things, but I would rather be doing that than waiting too long and, you know, not kind of initiating and not aiming towards that strategy because some of the build out of that, no matter how I build it out, it can go a a lot of different ways. So I'm kind of building for flexibility in my strategy rather than a rigid, we have to hit this date in this timeframe. Yeah, sure. And you were talking about agile and, you know, obviously that that hasn't always been the way. I'm sure at academics, that's not how things were done. That's probably a matter of really selling that a certain way and just talking about the benefits it has. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's interesting. I did some rounding yesterday with our hospitalists and talked to some patients and stuff. And, you know, it's the simple little things that they want. One patient he mentioned, I have a MyChart account, but I don't know what all the terminology is. And I'm like, oh my word, we could be doing so much better in communicating out and helping that patient better understand their care. And at a level that they understand, it's like, yeah, you're right. Not everybody is medically trained. Not everybody has an undergraduate degree. And it's like, you have to make things understandable because I truly believe most people want to be responsible for their health and want to take it on. But if you throw too much at them or you throw too much lingo at them, they'll shut down like anybody. And it's, and it's intimidating too. It's especially intimidating when you're sick. And, you know, you hear all this stuff thrown at you and you're like, what did they just say? And, you know, you can give them a tool like my chart and you can give them the discharge instructions, but you have to make it understandable. And then you have to be able to provide, how do you interact? Like, what does this mean? What if I miss taking my meds one time? What should I do? So you have to be able to have that back end interaction so that people can be responsible and people can interact with your system, even though they don't have the physician or the nurse right in front of them. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's we're all patients too. So to see things going in that direction is is so important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny you brought up we're all patients. So one of the things we're trying to get and introduce, it's funny. It's like, you know, words mean something, right? When we say it, we tried to introduce kind of the consumer centered. And one of the physicians said, well, I don't like the word consumer. It sounds like Costco. Like, well, (laughs) some people really like Costco. And so, you know, you got to think about you're a consumer always, right? But a patient sometimes. And I don't want to be considered a patient until I'm absolutely in that situation. I want to be considered as a consumer of health and care across the organization and treat me like that rather than treat me kind of in that patient role. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.